Good day to you, Theo102. Welcome. welcome. Welcome to the pop culture smackdown on the word rule. Rule. We're talking about the Benedictine rule. Yes, we are. And um, I've got a great pop culture Ooh. Uh, smackdown share, artifact. Please share. Okay. My artifact is actually a physical place that is within 10 minutes of the GFU campus. Oh, really? How fun. It is called Our Lady of Guadalupe Trappist Abbey. Oh, wonderful. We, we have, so so in other words, there is a certain, a certain like, I don't know, I was going to say brand. It's not really brand of monks, but um, a certain, <laughs> a certain um, order, a certain, order, a certain yes. type of, of monastic life as we've been introduced to in this um you know, this week's material, um, called Trappist. If you, maybe if you've heard of, of a, a famous Catholic monk named Thomas Merton, Yes. I don't know if that's a name that would resonate with our students, but he was a famous, um, Catholic monk in the 20th century who wrote a lot and Beautiful he, he was a Trappist monk. Mm. So you can actually go to this, um, Abbey. I've been there a couple times. They oh. actually, and this is a secret for students. Now students, there are many of you, many hundreds don't all go and do this at the same time, but <laughs> But this if you is, want to take a field trip. This is for that special person who's just like, man, I feel so claustrophobic on campus. I've been shut in. Yes. I don't have enough time to drive to the coast or to Mount Hood, but I just need to get in nature. Do you know that the Trappist Abbey actually has hiking trails, which are open to the public? Oh, that's they so They have rules. Cool. They have guidelines. You can go to their website. Like I'm on their website right now, trappistabbey.org slash hiking trails. And they have rules like no dogs and dawn to dusk and stay on the trails. And yeah. No motorcycles, all you people out there. But otherwise, um, it's open to the public. I've walked it. It's beautiful. Oh, that's um, awesome. So this is a place you can actually visit. You can click around on their website. We'll put a link to it if we can on the um, podcast site. But like, you know, just like, you know, you can look at their community, the kind of liturgy that they do, their manual work that they do. You know, they make jams and fruit, like um, fruit cakes. Oh, really? At, you know, Chapters oh, in downtown wonderful. Newburgh has been selling the, the um, Our Lady of Guadalupe Trappist Abbey fruit cakes around Christmas time. I had one. I love fruit cake. We bought one for somebody for Christmas. So that's that's our artifact is there's an actual living real place like this really close to Newburgh. I love it because one of the other things that I we have provided for you students this week is just a listening sample from nuns at a Benedictine Abbey. And so you're just getting to experience a lot of the artistic, creative stuff that happens in um, in these in the ordered life. Oh, so, so I'm, I'm worried even that they're not going to listen to it. I want to play them. Actually, I'm trying to pull it up here on YouTube. Oh like, yeah. It's we just so got to play a little, I'm just going to play a little, a little bit of it. You ready yes, students? I'm ready. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it is Come on. so beautiful. It's gorgeous. So yes. listen to that. It's got 3 million views, not for no reason. Okay. Yeah. You can just put your headphones in and just, I mean, I, I love listening to music like that when I'm thinking about God contemplating, maybe oh, really? take it for a walk. Oh, really? You've listened to that kind of music as part of like almost like a devotional kind of thing. Yeah. You know, because for me, um, it's not that I don't enjoy Bible reading, but because I I read for a living. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way, you're a Bible scholar, but sometimes it's hard for me to get in a really good devotional space when I am, um, like when I've been a little burned out on reading and studying. And maybe oh, students, totally. you feel the same way. So for me, totally. a lot of times, like an artistic version of scriptural truth is super helpful for me. Oh, I'm 100% there. It's yeah. it's it's tough. You got to really, you know, you got to find your ways. I mean, I think one thing about life, it's just life advice, students. This isn't even on the thing. It's like yes. as your spiritual life grows, you become an adult. You, you know, you have to kind of, you have to change. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to change mm -hmm. the things that you do. Sometimes like, oh, the idea is like, I should wake up at 6 a.m. and like read the Bible for a half hour. Well, it's like there might be a season in your life where you do that, but then there's a season in your life where you wouldn't. 
Right. You know? And it's like, right. look, like God sees you. God sees your life. Don't, don't beat yourself up about your devotional life. Like yeah. this isn't what God wants from you. Like God wants you to take some time and like, think about like how you can best do that with the gifts and the situation that you're in. Yeah. And I think as you become an adult and y'all are in such an amazing kind of transitional time in your lives, you get to, you can experiment a little, like maybe the thing that you were raised thinking of, like that was, that is going to, um, draw you close to God, Mm -hmm. you know, try, try some new things and just see how it works and, and see what God does in you Mm -hmm. when you try, you know, branch out a little bit. So I like it. Yeah. So we're looking at, you took us to a Trappist Abbey, which is by the way, Googled it beautiful. Can't wait to go visit. I can't believe I have never been there. Have you ever seen it alongside the road out there? It's like when you're driving, um, out on like, um, what's that road out there toward Carlton, like on a Northeast Abbey road. I don't it's think called I've Abbey ever road. seen it. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Ugh. It's like, it's like if you were going to drive to go to Cannon beach, mm. one of the routes that you take mm-hmm. it would take you right, oh, right okay. by it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, so totally. And they have like a gift shop and I, you know, people even, I, I know a lot of people, I've had some friends that have gone to these kinds of places. There's also a place in, um, near Silverton, Oregon named Mount called Mount Angel. Yes. Well, they're watching a video about Mount, Mount Angel, Angel at Mount Angel. I, during so. my sabbatical two years ago, I would go to Mount Angel every Wednesday and Ugh. use their library and study. But that is another place that's open I for love you to walk, place. explore. I went into the, pra- I did the prayer service with them. They pray at lunchtime, um, every day. I mean, there's like a, there's like a spectator, not a spectator, but like there's a, you sit in the pew in their church basically. Yeah. And do it oh, that is so cool. Oh yeah. It was great. It was great. Well, students, you may be thinking, what are, why are we talking about, um, a monastery or a convent today? And we are talking about that because we're doing a little bit of a twist on the Smackdown this week. Mm-hmm. We are, instead of arguing with one another, we are going to take a position that's not necessarily like in opposition to one another mm-hmm. on this question. Do you think you would make a good monk or nun? Ooh, I thought, okay, that's, that's a surprise. I yeah. like this. Yeah. I thought maybe we were going to end up debating like, is the monastic life a legitimate form of Christian life or not? Like, and then there could be an argument, like there could be an argument which says, Hey, like retreating from the world. How is that the way of doing it? And yeah. so on. But this is actually something different. You know, the reason why I thought about that is because that whole, that, that conversation, that argument about whether or not monastic orders are what God intends for mm. the world that comes up a little bit later in the, the reformation era. Oh, okay. And so I thought, you know, we'd probably get a chance to talk about Let's that, save but it or talk yeah. about it later. Maybe I just want to hear from you about, you know, okay, do you so, think you would be, <laughs> so we're going to do, th- we're going to do three minutes yep. and three minutes yep. and then five minutes of discussion yep. and then some, whatever aftermath of that yes. seems appropriate. Yes. Okay. So do you think you would make a good monk nun? Can you, uh, just in case, just in case, just in like a minute yes. or two here, just in case a student has somehow Missed somehow stumbled through this week's material, but it's like <laughs> suddenly like a monk or a nun, I sort of have a vague idea of what that is, but could you explain maybe a little bit more clearly like what it is that we're saying we think we would be good at? Sure. And you all are actually experiencing a little bit of this in the lecture with Dr. Joseph Clare, where he goes and he um, does his lecture from Mount Angel. And so you know that um, a... Um, within certain corners of Christianity. Um, This week we're talking about Roman Catholicism and Anglicanism. We're talking about um, nuns and and monks, people who are in religious orders um, from those two traditions. But they are people who are dedicating their lives um, to serving God in community with one another, Mm -hmm. in some ways apart from the world. Mm -hmm. So in the Need to Know More, um, I talked about how um, the idea of 
um, this kind of monastic life and monastic is, you can probably hear the monk part in there. Like monastic life um, has roots in um, people who were hermits in the desert, running out into the desert, praying and interceding for the church or people who lived and prayed for the church on these big, tall, weird towers called stylites. Mm. Um, And then Benedict, St. Benedict brings everybody together and they um, begin living in community with one another and they dedicate themselves to love of God, love of neighbor, prayer, meditation, um, Solid, scripture solitude reading, even, solitude. solitude. Yeah. So they're basically like spiritual athletes. They are people <laughs> who, um, they're, uh, most orders have a, a kind of asceticism in them and asceticism. Um, the Greek word for asceticism or ascetic comes from, um, the word like a uh, athlete or training. Oh. So these people are in some ways like specialists, like seals, Navy seals or, no or rangers. No yeah, marriage. Yeah, Usually this yeah. is like, these are single, single gender kind yeah. of communities. You are setting yourself apart in every way for mm-hmm. God, um, wow. to be used by God. However, and different orders have different um, kind of organizing principles. Mm-hmm. So um, some of some people um, who are in, involved in monastic living take vows of poverty. Some don't. Some take vows of silence. Some don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a huge variety. Like this is this mm-hmm. is there's a big huge group of people who live and work and pray together. Um, so it's important to think. You know, usually people have some sort of stereotype in their mind, but this mm-hmm. is a, a group of people who. Um, are, there's a lot of variety there and, but it's, it's a totally, for most people, it's like beyond their imagination that they would participate in this kind of thing. Yeah. It seems so other, like, you know, even to go to the Trappist Abbey in Carlton there, it's like, there are people who live there. That's their life. They are committed there. They have taken vows. Yep. And they are there. So it, yeah, this is a great thing to think about because, and it's a great thing for our students to think about. And this is indeed what we're going to ask you to think about yes. as you react students. Would you, do you think that you could actually live this kind of life yeah. potentially? Yeah. Um, so we'll try it out though first for you. Again, not a debate, but more like a kind of like a self-reflection, three minutes and three minutes. Yes. Um, should we do the coin flip anyway? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Okay. Will you do the coin flip? I will do the coin flip. Because I am. If you, if you tickle those keys, <laughs> I will do the coin flip. What will you and what is your call? Heads. That is correct. Aha! So you get to go first or second. There's no pro and con. Okay, okay. I'm going to go second. I okay. want to hear what you have to say okay. first. Okay, you tell me when to okay. start when to stop. Start now. Oh, man. I don't have to do three minutes of content. <laughs> three minutes. Okay, okay, okay. You know, it's weird because I don't want to just say yes, because it almost seems like arrogant. Because if these people are spiritual athletes. Yeah, like, is that, what would I be claiming about myself? However, and I'm sure to talk to an actual monk or a nun, they would say, oh, no, no, there's no claim here that, that we're better than anybody else. We're, right, just, we're devoted right. to a particular kind of life. So with that in mind, I'm actually going to go for it. And I'm going to go with my heart here. I actually think I would be a good monk. <laughs> I actually think this would be a life that I could legitimately live. In fact, as it so happens, unknown to you, Dr. Payne, I am reading devotionally almost every morning now the sayings of the Desert Fathers. Oh, hey! The Desert Fathers are is a name for a group of monks who lived out in the desert and in very extreme circumstances, in mostly in Egypt, mm-hmm. during the 400s and 500s-ish, 300s, 400s, 500s AD. And reading their sayings, it's just like, I don't... Some of it is like so extreme. Like I pulled up one here when I when I realized what we were doing. I pulled one up on my screen yes. and like, here's one of the sayings. Okay. Someone says, Abba Anthony, that means like Father Anthony said, he who wishes to live in solitude in the desert is delivered from three conflicts, hearing, 
speech and sight. Mm. There's only one conflict for him, and that is with fornication. They Uh-oh. were they were really into this issue of like <laughs> keeping Purity. themselves pure and and also just quiet. And it's like now I look at my own life and it's like I'm totally a glutton, you know, like I totally eat and drink too much and I just do too much and I'm too loud. And it's like, so how would I be a good monk? I think what I'm attracted to in the monastic lifestyle though is just it's 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 extreme nature. I think mm. I can trend toward extremes. I can do things like have a really weird, like one time I had a New Year's resolution that I was going to wear a bow tie every day. For I remember the year. that. I remember and that I, year. You remember that? And I did it. <laughs> I didn't know that was your resolution. One time I said I was going to pay $50 to a charity of my own choice every time I said a negative thing about a coworker. I remember that too. And I did that. And I spent hundreds of dollars <laughs> on that that year. And so I'm into stuff like that. And I think that that kind of stuff is at the heart of the monastic life in a way. It's like, it's like, it's a way of like focusing yourself. And I, I don't know if I could do it as a whole lifetime being married. I've been married to my wife, Susan, this spring for now, 19 years. I, it's weird to think of having given that up and what I've learned and benefited from having children. I think it'd be weird not to do that. And so that, that's actually a sticking point for me. I don't know, but I'm just, I'm just reflecting in the abstract. I'm saying, I think I am the kind of person where I could do it. And I think I could, I understand the mentality of it, I think. And I think it could be something that I could thrive at doing. Wow. That's great. Am I done? As okay. Much 17 done? seconds. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're I also mission. love, I also love the desert. I love the mountains. I love the outdoors. And these monastic communities have been drawn to extreme geographies typically, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially like the desert fathers. And so I think there's something about that that's appealing to me as a, as a human being. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I even okay. said I even said some things there I didn't think I was going to say. That I'm, was very that was that very was, that was kind of revelatory. Okay. That was that was good. Okay. Okay, tell okay. me when my it 3 minutes. It is now your turn. Your 3 minutes has okay. begun. Okay, I'm going to answer this on two tiers. Like would I have been a nun in another era? Would I be a nun now oh, or I see. or join some monastic order? Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to say yes 100% in um eras past. I would have oh. I think I would have definitely wanted and and it would have maybe depended on a lot of different factors like what birth order I'd be born in and stuff like Mm -hmm. could my family afford for me to marry or not marry or whatever but I think I definitely in in years past I would have loved that because um it uh in many cases like the students we we experienced the writings of Hildegard von Bingen Mm -hmm. who was um dedicated to this life mm-hmm. um that was a place where women could just um live an intellectual life in oh. a way that maybe they wouldn't be able to elsewhere i see where this is going so i yes. think i would have actually that's where i probably would have been the most happy and whether or not i'd be a nun now i actually i'm gonna agree with you that i think i would really i could i could see a version of myself really enjoying it not oh. for the reasons you said <laughs> but for reasons of my own because as you know, I am, um, so it'd have to be a particular order. Like a vow of silence might be just death to me, mm. but I think I would, the idea of living in community with one another, I was watching, um, a video a while back about a sister who was talking about what her experience was, um, in a particular convent. And she was talking about how they eat every meal together yep. and then they all do the dishes together oh. and they do chores together. And I'm such a team oriented person (laughs) and the idea of like going toward a good so in in this particular setting um the sisters all worked with people with disabilities and um for their health and well-being and for their rights Uh and so from my perspective how exciting 
is yes. it to have that kind of um, ordered sense of self? Uh-huh. Um, and last but not least, 60 seconds. Okay. When I think about the idea of like who orders your life and how, um, like who orders your desires, mm-hmm. so much of, of the Christian life is about discerning like what is the good thing to want and to be and right. to do. Right. The idea that you would be doing that in collaboration and community with people on a really like intense day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. I feel like I could thrive with that. That being said, I have a husband who I love very much and two children who I love very much. But, you know, spouses sometimes have that thing where they say like, if I died, I would never be married again. <laughs> I could actually see myself, you know, if, um, God forbid something were to happen, uh, to my husband, I, I think I could imagine myself after my children were raised wow. really like enjoying that life. Wow. The end. Okay. And you had 10 seconds to spare. Oh, okay. Also, there's a lot of awesome nuns who've done amazing work. And so if you've ever been to a Providence hospital in this area, that was founded by seven nuns, the seven sisters of Providence who came out West and built an amazing hospital system to care for people and to be in it, like to care for people and to resist suffering. So I just think that that's an awesome thing to do. Anyway. Wow. Done. Wow. 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 I shared things that I was kind of surprised that I would share too. I want to ask you right away. Yeah. I, and I want to ask you this partly because it's not just morbid curiosity, but I think this is something students would want to like know more about just yes. from like a veteran married person that you are to your husband, Thomas, who's yes. a wonderful human being. Like, and I really, really enjoy being married to him, by the way. Yeah. yeah and, I, and being friends with him, I can see why. Like, yeah. He's awesome. But like <laughs> the idea of like thinking about your spouse dying and like what you might do with your life, like thinking about that, like that as a, like, a, like potentially having like a monastic calling. Like, yeah, like, that. like yeah. I don't know any, any, any further comments on that? Like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I just think there that's, are, that's a fascinating concept. There are cases where that has happened, like mm-hmm. devout people, mm-hmm. um, especially women historically, mm-hmm. um, who have raised their children and their spouse dies mm-hmm. and who want to devote the rest of their life in a different way right. will enter into, um, a, some sort of, of, um, order. And Uh so, yeah, I guess like I wouldn't have said that about myself at 25, you Uh know, but Uh now I'm like, Oh, I actually get that because you've, you, to me, raising children is a really important, wonderful duty. Uh And, um, being married to my husband, he, I mean, it's cheesy, but he really is my best friend and Uh we have a great time. I love him so much. So it's not really about that. It's more like, what would my life be like if it were? So what about you? No, no, no. That's, I have actually thought about, you know, I think one thing that does happen in the married life and it does, I think it sounds morbid to anyone who's not married. Like, why would you even think about that? But I think <laughs> one of the realities, especially not just when, even when you're newly married, but as your life goes on together with somebody, you do start to think about like, what would I do if this person died? Right. And I have, my mind has drifted and thought about the monastic kind of way. Yeah. Like, and you know, who knows? No one, I guess I have a mentality when I think about like other people to whom that is, you know, who have been in that situation or whatever. It's like, you're almost in a thing where it's like, you could never judge somebody for like what they choose to do in that scenario because it's so personal. But, and, and likewise, I would never know how I would react to that. Yeah. But having said that, I, yeah, I have, I have a similar thought that that's that, that devoting oneself. And, you know, I think too, students should understand that sometimes these, these vocations or these, um, callings like being a priest in some traditions that have celibate priests Mm -hmm. or being a monk. These are things where sometimes someone had been married in the past and had a spouse that, that had died. And sometimes people do those kinds of things and then they leave them and, and then lead a different kind of life later and not always under bad circumstances, sometimes with the blessing of that community. Yeah. I think in some ways there's like a, and this is always the way with 
popular culture representations of Christians, especially Christian leaders. It's sort of this cartoonish depiction mm-hmm. of people. So right. like, you know, anytime you see a pastor, they're like, maybe they're a televangelist or there's some sure. sort of weird, corrupt something or other. When really most pastors, I was raised by a pastor, are like <laughs> just normal people living normal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think that that same thing applies to uh, religious orders. There's mm-hmm. this idea that, Something must be, I think, because our culture, we're so obsessed with sex mm. and marriage mm-hmm. and making children right. um, that we just can't, it's like so far outside of our scope. Right. Um, and hopefully, I mean, the students are watching a video this week where they just hear from a woman who um, just shares her, what is a pretty normal story and about how God drew her into that life. Well, um, I, I want to say too, I mean, I know that maybe some students would 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 hear, I don't know, something about this. And let's say you come from a so-called Protestant background mm-hmm. and you think, oh yeah, that's like a Catholic thing. Like they do that, or that's maybe an Anglican thing yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. Um, th- there are actually a couple of passages in the New Testament that oh, talk yeah, about- Oh yeah, we should talk about that, yeah. Well, even, I mean, you know, and I know our time is running short here, but I mean, there's a passage like just students go read 1 Corinthians chapter seven. It's mm-hmm. the longest single teaching the Bible has about marriage. Mm. And you know what? It's gonna say some things that I think are a little bit different from what you think it might say. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not It's not super like, yeah, everyone needs to get married. <laughs> you know, like, or like you hear pastors doing these kinds of, <laughs> you hear pastors doing these like sermon series, like, you know, just like affirming, you know, sex and just how great it is and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you know, that's good. But you know, uh, there's an author, Paul here in first Corinthians seven, who has like really, some really fascinating things to say and actually says that he wishes people were unmarried just like he was. And he talks about gifts and yeah. he even has like a gift. That's like, it's not explicitly called the gift of celibacy, but it, it does imply that the ability not to be married is a spiritual gift that some people have. And you could joke about like, Oh, I hope I don't have that gift, but it's like, Hey, Paul's, you know, Paul's not saying that he's saying yeah. the exact opposite actually. Yeah, I mean, the just the idea that you would set yourself aside in some way, including but not limited to sex, um, I think is a longstanding practice with the people of God. Like God calls certain people to live in a particular way yeah. and also gifts them with the capacity totally. to do it. So it would, And it would be that way, I think. It would be like God would, God, God would never just take something out of your life and just make you like suffer. It's like God takes something, but God, God gives you something. Like yeah. that idea of a gift, I think, is really, really a great way to think of it. Well, students, we want to hear from you. Do you think that you would be a candidate for this <laughs> life? Do you think that you would want to live in a rule uh, under uh, uh, among people in community um, similar to the Benedictine rule? We want to hear from you in the Pop Culture Smackdown. Let's do it. Yeah.